So you want to rock an aesthetics career? <laughs> yes, please. Welcome to a brand new episode of Illuminating the Path, where you'll get your weekly shot of real career direction. And maybe a little tea. I'm Patty. Marissa here. Coming straight to you from the world's beauty mecca. LA, baby. Illuminating the Path starts now. Let's go. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Patty here wanting to share a little knowledge in reference to our aesthetics land. Um, so much to cover in this particular episode because we have lots of like hang up layers and we're going to kind of tease those out. Um, we're talking about sales today. It's always kind of that daunting topic. Nobody wants to feel like a salesperson, uh, especially if we worked hard in getting our accolades together. And of course we have the lovely Marissa with us today again. Hi again. Good morning. I'm so excited to be talking about this because this is actually my wheelhouse. I am a sales marketing, you know, advertising girl at heart. That's where I originated, you know, my whole career. And um, I just kind of wanted to do it in this aesthetic space about 10 years ago. I kind of switched things over and it was best move ever because what better than to play with beauty and all this fun stuff and to do the stuff you like to do. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of, a lot of good we're going to dive deep on this one. Um, hopefully I definitely one that you would want to take notes on because we're going to talk about five-step processes, ways that you get your clients basically saying yes, without even asking them to say yes, all that good stuff. So let's start with, um, the, just the, the nightmare part of it, which is what everybody thinks it is because, you know, in aesthetics, we have to sell. It's not like a general, you know, medical industry job, you know, where people come in and they're sick and they're going to buy and whatever medication you tell them they need or do whatever treatment they need to do because they need to get healthy and well again. Um, this is an elective service. So when you cross over to aesthetics, it's very much about selling, you know, everything yourself, the service, the location, the experience, all of it. Marissa, you want to start with some of your favorite nightmares, (laughs) favorite nightmares. Well, I think, I mean, I, I didn't, we don't go to school to be, you know, sales, sales people or business. And I think that it comes with, it comes with time and it comes with educating. So I mean, I have a background. I, I was in retail for a really long time. I managed clothing stores and, you know, I wasn't passionate about selling jeans that had bootylicious on the back. You know? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so, you know, it was, I did have that, but it wasn't like, you know, I didn't really, it, I didn't see myself doing that for forever. So it's different when you're passionate about it and when you can actually make a sale and make your numbers and stay, get your books full with educating your patients and showing them and building that trust with them. So, um, nightmares, I mean, I think that there's things that you can do to actually kill a sale and that starts with, yeah, that starts with, you know, not returning phone calls and emails and the availability of getting an appointment. Uh, I think that's, that has a lot to do with just from, from the get-go and getting bodies in the door. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big piece. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, you know, it's a high trust business. We always say this, you know, I'm always like saying it's a high trust business guys. You know, it's, you know, you have to, you have to build that trust. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. And what I mean by that is that you can sell something, uh, a service at a discount, you can do all that stuff. And we'll talk about some of the things we do at the spa to get people in the door, 
But at the end of the day, it's how they receive you, how they receive the experience, how they receive your guidance and coaching. I also say you guys are, you know, aesthetic coaches, you know, you might think you're here to do a medical service and you are, that's part of the job. But, um, but at the end of the day, you're really their aesthetic coach and they're going to follow based on and receive information based on how you present it and how encouraging you are to, and excited you are to really see them follow through. That's such a huge piece. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. When you're excited about it and not being pushy, um, pushy over trying to upsell them on everything. So that that's a, so I ran a poll last night on my Instagram that I was trying to get ideas and why someone didn't go back or didn't go through with. Yeah. Yeah, Well, one of them was being upsold, Mm -hmm. a feeling like they were being pushed to get things and being upsold. And there were a couple other ones. I'll have to pull it up, but that was one that I remember where, um, why they didn't go back to that particular place. So it's more about, so, I mean, beyond the phone call and getting in returning phone calls and emails, um, I think that, um, it's also the vibe that they get when they first walk in. We, uh, you know, we, when we cut, when you come into a loose lounge in Santa Monica, it's, um, it's, you know, a smaller place there's what three rooms i don't know how many square feet you could probably tell them it's teeny yeah, yeah it's yeah it's small we're tiny but, but mighty but we're teeny yeah ti- yeah tiny but mighty but we have you know music playing and we're not burke williams and we're not Mm-mm. you know a place where someone's gonna go in and fall asleep during a facial this is more medical it's laser we have lasers beeping you know so i think it's that vibe from when they first walk into it's smiling faces a warm welcome yeah, it's that, bumping. It's it's high energy, and you know that's that's our brand, in right. essence. Um, but it is it's the experience. I agree a hundred percent. And if someone has that expectation, I've had those people that don't have that expectation. They're like it's so noisy in here, I can't I enjoy my facial. And it's like this is not the place you come to zen out, honey. It's right. it's really not. I'm so sorry. This let's find you another spa that is going to yeah. be a better, you know, zen out experience. And I I received that that criticism all day, and I own it because I would be pissed too if I was thinking I'm going to have some relaxing facial, and somebody's in the next room cracking up, you know, beeping with a laser and the music's bumping and everything. I'd be like, what's this? Right. So right. setting the right expectations important. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the kind of vibe we are, you know, we're not, we're not that sort of spa. Um, but also it's about the people and the energy that we exude, um, on a day-to-day basis. So here's kind of my, um, my observation over the last, you know, several years working with so many aesthetic folks coming through most of the folks, as I've shared in past episodes, we hire a lot from the hospital. We like to train up, um, based on no knowledge so that we can kind of set the pace, set the expectation. And everyone just kind of has, um, a easier growth pattern than to have to unwind everything that they may have learned or done before. Um, but with that comes a little bit of stoicness, um, just clinical, like, I don't know what it is. It's like this, like by the book, how give me the steps. Um, and there's not that, that easy goingness that, you know, some initially that, um, that you would expect to have it, you know, at a, a fun, you know, place spa, spa or like th- those just kind of fun vibes, right. It's very much 
what do I need to do? And tell me exactly the formulas and the settings. And then you, I've, I've, I've heard like the newer nurses, you know, taking them, the client back. Hi, I'm your nurse today. Yeah, We're like going to do <laughs> right? robot. Hi, We're I'm XYZ. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, and it's fine. It's not wrong. It's fine. It's just, it just sets the tone for, um, this is the kind of relationship we're going to have. It's very clinical and that's okay. And that's one of the reasons why doctors sometimes have a hard time crossing over to aesthetics. You know, they get very pragmatic about everything Mm -hmm. and they don't understand, you know, this is most of them are fine, but some of them, you know, that you, you hear them get very doctory and very exact and, you know, need to see you in three, you know, three weeks and blah, blah. And it's like, that's cool, but it's really, um, this, this industry is about having fun and the more, and you know, we're out here in LA where it's saturated. I mean, there's like a med spa in every corner. And so if you're not having fun, what do they say? It's like, if you're not having fun, you're the asshole. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, you just gotta be, you gotta have fun. And it's not, it's, it's not something that comes naturally to a lot of folks. It's like, because you have to remember all these moving parts, especially you guys that are doing the treatments after all, I mean, you're firing lasers at their faces and needles and whatever. So it's, it's a lot but you still got to have fun with it. So, um, the first step is the excitement. I feel, you know, get excited about what you're doing, what you're selling. If it's just a paycheck for you, then don't do it. It's really, you're not going to have fun. You're certainly not going to have success at it. Mm-hmm. It has to be so much, you know, about who you are and making people feel good and, um, helping them see this great side of themselves that they didn't know they had. And just all these fun, you know, aha moments that make our jobs so worthwhile. Um, and then the next part is to then meet your client where they're at. So that would be kind of the step two, if we have steps here, I mean, I'm going to go through a few steps actually, but that would be the first thing that I would want to do is meet them where they're at. And what I mean by that is that we have a menu. I don't know how many things we have on our menu. Well, we've got nine facials, including in our membership. And then we've got, uh, another 10 other things. 11, yeah. 10 on top of that. Yeah. yeah. So, so about there's a menu lot. 20 to 30. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot we offer. And if you are like piling it on them when they're first coming in, especially if they're coming in, just to kind of try you out, then, you know, it's, it's what I call the push pull. If you can picture kind of a, a pendulum swing, if you're pushing, 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 that pendulum is swinging back Mm -hmm. and they're not definitely coming in to hear more about what you have to offer. They're actually pushed, they're getting pushed back. And that's our natural, you know, human reaction is that we don't like to be upsold. We don't like to be put in that, you know, position where we are like, yeah, no, yeah, they'll get overwhelmed. They'll get overwhelmed with information overload. And I try not to go into too, when I, when I get, when I get the feeling that they're getting overwhelmed, I'll tell them, okay, well, this is where we're going to start. I'll put together a treatment plan for you. I'll put it in their notes of what I think these are the steps that we need to take. And the membership at our, our office makes it, at our lounge makes it easy for them to, makes it easy for them. It's very, yeah, it's kind of a no brainer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's easy. They don't really have to do a lot of the thinking. They just, this is the price. This is what you get and leave it up to us to decide on what we think is the best treatment for you going forward. 
Right. And so they can set, and that's the, that's when meeting people where they're at. So let me just kind of give a little bit of context to that statement and on a, like a world level. So our buying and our shopping patterns have changed over the last decade or so we are no longer, you know, yes, we go based on recommendations from friends and family, or we'll see an ad somewhere, but more than more likely than anything, the consumer is shopping based on ease price and availability. So if you have an easy bookable service that is very reasonably priced that is competitive nicely you know positioned but you know amongst the 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 different offers out there and you can they can get in pretty easily and they can book it you're probably going to have a whole lot of you know success in that space because people are looking first of all we shop on our phones um especially after you know the pandemic and everything how many of us are like shopping i don't know i remember last time i was in a store actually buying anything. right yeah i bought a lot of stuff off instagram <laughs> and so we shop on our phones we book on our phones every class i take every every single you know hair appointment i make i'm downloading an app and i'm booking it on there you know and it's mm-hmm. like i mean it's again it's not the same culture as what it was you know 10 15 years ago and so when you're looking at it from that perspective it's like meeting them where they're at make it make sense for them make your packages easy to follow make their you know bookings easy to do give them availability online on your website on an app you know we use the mind body app love it could you know they can go on there 24/7 see what we have available to the minute access all of it, um, everything's very, very transparent. And so in that respect, um, it's, it's getting that client to understand that you are easy to work with. That's the number one message, you know, when they're first coming to meet you and next not, you know, as they're coming in, they're shopping on their phones and they've got questions and different things like that. Like Marissa said, you don't overwhelm. Um, you want to keep it simple, but meeting them where they're at is also identifying what are they looking for? What are their goals? So we call it, um, just exploring their pain, exploring their, you know, wants and needs, really getting down to the hub of what's important to them. Uh, we have our intake forms that ask them those questions. Mm-hmm. I was encouraged the nurses is like, you want to book your book yourself solid, go into those intake forms. Cause they're telling you the whole story right there. Like I'm interested in this. I'm interested in this. These are my problems. Um, and so that's a great area to really get to the meat of what they're wanting to do. Um, they have availability to do that from home. So you can preview it before they come in and kind of get a game plan on what you're going to talk to them about. If you're not prepping before they come in and you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants, then that's going to be, you know, a tough one for you to make a sale because you really don't know what they need. Then you don't have an idea. Well, I think um, too, it's being prepared. Sorry to yeah, yeah. Put in, but it's being prepared and to answer their questions and be knowledgeable in the treatments. And if you don't know if you, if it's something that maybe they haven't been trained in yet, referring, not just guessing or saying something that you're not sure of, because then that, that just ends up being a whole mess. Right. So exactly. Referring it, referring it to someone that, that is trained in it. And I see that a lot with the newer nurses is they, they start the, consulting. Yeah. They start, yeah. They start consulting and they they really should be giving it to somebody that is trained in it and knowledgeable. So that's the other part of the high trust piece, right? It's like, yes, you have to build trust with your clients, but it is so incredibly, 
important that you build trust with your fellow staff people, because you are not going to do it all. You Mm -hmm. are not going to have every bit of knowledge on everything. Um, We said that in earlier episodes that you need to be thinking about what you're going to specialize in. And then you have to be able to tag team with good confidence, good faith, get in each other's chair, know each other's service, know each other's touch, know each other's, you know, way of doing things so that then you can talk to your client about, you know, so-and-so here at the spa does this service really well. Um, I think you should book with her, you know, and have that camaraderie that is going to give everyone just peace and, you know, lots of harmony. It's can be a catty business. And I, you know, have seen it. We don't tolerate it at our our spa. We're, I'm very much about, if you're not a team player, you're not on the team, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of places that are very much about, this is my art. I'm not teaching. I'm not sharing. These are my clients and whatever. And so in that respect, um, that's, in my opinion, a toxic environment, not one that you, you know, will thrive in. We're very much about cross-train everybody. Everybody teaches everyone, everything, um, shares the client base. Um, you have opportunities to make money on all different levels and there's no reason to be a hoarder. So yeah, that should a be a collaborative effort, effort on everyone's yeah, part. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes so it that's... a lot more fun to, to come to work that way. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, if you're, again, if you're not having fun, then you're not really going to get, you're just not going to have success in this space. Um, So getting on that level with the client and just understanding, you know, what's going on and understanding where they're at is so important. Um, The next piece, and again, we're going through these, these steps because at the end, when all of a sudden done, and you've actually taken these efforts to identify these pieces, you will not be needing to sell anything. They will actually ask you, how do I get started? This sounds great. They will ask you for the sale. Um, So next step is to talk about money, which is the biggest, you know, everybody's scared of talking about money. Um, People get, especially um, I've had nurses in the past that are I don't know, kind of get a little jaded with like, oh, that's, that's really a lot of money for people to spend, you know, a thousand dollars for a facial. Um, that's, I can't even imagine it. I'm like, honey, honey, (laughs) just because you're not spending a thousand dollars on your face doesn't mean she's not spending a thousand dollars. You need to shop with other people's money and get over yourself. (laughs) Right. No, I mean, and we have to, and you've told us this before is, you know, don't, uh, discount yourself. Don't discount your treatments. Exactly. Yes. I actually had that conversation with one of our nurses recently. I'm like, how's it feel to do a $500,000 facial, whatever this woman spent? She's like, I never thought I would be, you know, selling $500,000 facials. I'm like, yep, you're in the aesthetic space, girl. Mm-hmm. Own it all day. That's where you're, that's the, the space you're playing in. And that's the type of, you know, practitioner you are. And they go up from there. It's not even, you know, a big deal for some people to spend a couple grand on their face. It's their face, you know, and, and grant again, this is LA people spend money on themselves, but I have been in those like situations and past spas where we're out in the middle of like thousand Oaks where there's like moms and they're, they've got mortgages and they've got, and let me tell you, they are siphoning that grocery store bill. <laughs> they are taking that cash back at the end of their bill and they're hiding it and they're coming in and paying cash. And they're like, I've been saving this and I'm going to, I'm going to put this towards my, my, my self-care and they are spending the money. So it's not, it's not really about your perception on what they can spend. Um, it's about where they're at. And that's a conversation that is very much about like, 
where do you feel you, you sit with your budget? Um, and you can say it very, very eloquently and say, you know, we've got facials and treatments that are like priced all over the board. I don't want to go like into areas that may not be, you know, a fit. So why don't you tell me what kind of bracket we're looking at? Are you wanting to spend, you know, anywhere between under a hundred dollars? Are you wanting to stay, um, around, you know, under $200 or are you really looking to do something, you know, that's going to be a little bit more um, involved? You want to have, you know, a shorter time, you know, to your to your goal. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, invest a little more on the front end and then kind of do maintenance from there. And that would be like 500 to 1,000 or so. If you bracket things like that and you make it about them making a decision, then it's not selling. You're just helping them figure it out. It's not saying, Oh, this is the price. This is the deal we have today. Oh, I hear that sometimes. I'm just like, Oh girl, <laughs> the deal, the deal, the deal of the day. Deal. This is the grocery store. This is, um, <laughs> yeah, we're shopping based on deals here. No, I mean, it's like, we have deals and we're, I'm, I am a Groupon whore. I will own that all day. Um, I do Groupons. I, we sell a ton of Groupons and I love, love, love bringing people in on a Groupon, because I feel like that's kind of also a big piece of how people are shopping. They're looking for deals, especially with economy stuff happening right now and everything it's going to get, people are going to be loving their Groupons. Let me tell you. Um, so right, it gets I people in the door, it gets, it gets bodies in the door and, gets bodies in the and door, it gives, yeah. gives them, cause if they're shopping around and they want to start maybe spending a little bit more money on more advanced treatments, then they already have a place in mind and that they trust to go forward right. with the treatments. You're doing things right, then you're, and you're building trust. And you're doing it. it doesn't matter if they're coming on a, on a deal because you're going to coach them properly, and they're going to buy umpteen amounts of other services. I can tell you, after ten years of doing Groupons and working at spas that I've introduced Groupon to, or not even just Groupon, it's like there's all these daily deals out there, right? Um, I can tell you that the perception that people that shop on Groupon don't spend money is not true. Um, it is very much about people trying you out, don't want to spend a lot of money on the front end and don't want to have that commitment to you until they've tried you out. So they're willing to try out a Groupon because it's not a huge commitment, but I can tell you with a thousand percent certainty that when they come in with those vouchers, I have upsold them up to 10 times what they spent on that Groupon in the first visit. And then some, then over the years, you know, cause it's a life, life clients for life business, right? You, you continue to upsell them to the point I've actually sat in round numbers, like someone that came in on like on a $50 facial special, which is crazy. Um, you know, doing over, I would say good $10,000 with us over a period of like three or four years. Right. And again, it's not about like the deal, the deal, the deal it's about, yeah. So you're coming in to try us out. You don't want to have a big, you know, investment on the front end, but let's do a little bit of impressing you and making things feel good and comfortable and reasonable. As far as our prices and all that, you're going to want to stay with us. And they do, they just, our client retention is has always been super strong and we don't really do a ton of other marketing, um, besides email blasts and, you know, some, some, you know, social media ads and stuff, but nothing crazy. So it is really all about how they're, you know, coming in with that, you know, idea and your perception on where they're at with their money, that conversation about money, somebody's calling me and they need to know I'm on a podcast. (laughs) I told my family to not come in the room because I uh, just a side note is I film in my closet, (laughs) (laughs) which looks bad, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, I mean, you can't see it, but I, uh, I have a black backdrop because we actually film and there's um, video too, but my dog kind of like, sh- she waits by the door and Aww. sometimes see her shaking. She yeah. She follows me everywhere. Yeah. Aww. And my kids too. Mommy, <laughs> mommy, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's our, our names, isn't it? Mommy. Mommy. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very much about having that high trust conversation about, yeah, where do you sit? Do you want to, you know, do a little bit more? And and if you have, you know, memberships and things like that, that make it easy for people to shop, it's just going to make it that much easier. Right. You have more of a tall, you know, kind of perspective when it comes down to your injectables, Marissa, because now Marissa kind of specializes in a space that is not the everyday she is more of an aesthetic injector than anything else. And so in that respect, you've got to get people comfortable pretty quick with your console. Do you want to share some points on that? Especially talking about money. Well, I mean, I don't ever, ever assume of what somebody's budget is or how much they are coming in to spend. And I don't usually ask that, like what their budget is, because then that kind of caps them off. Because Mm -hmm. if I tell them, if they say, or if I ask them and they said, oh, I only want to spend, you know, $500. Well, then then I feel like I can't upsell them on anything or talk to them about any other treatments that are higher than that amount. So I don't even really, I, I, I focus more on results driven. These results, these many syringes will get you this result and, you know, less than that won't get you as much, but I don't also guarantee or tell them that it's all going to go. I, I under promise and over deliver. Mm-hmm. So telling them that it, it may help or it, um, you, you know, it only lasts the range is this long, six months to a year. And it's um, when it comes down to money, I don't like talking about talking money with my patients, but it, it has to be done. So what I usually do, so just going from how I enter the room and how I do the consult. So I usually give them a mirror, tell them what bothers them. Then I will put together a treatment plan for them. I'll leave the room. These are the options. And if they say that, okay, well, I don't want to spend that much, then I'll say, okay, well, what, what would be a priority for you? So for example, if you know Botox is going to be less than filler, So let's start with some Botox and then you can always add more or you can come in on a different date and do filler on a a different day if it's all too much at one point or at one appointment. So um, it can be spread out. It doesn't have to be all done on that day, which is good. And um, I think so building trust. So, yeah, I mean, I do have to build trust with them pretty, pretty quickly but like I said in my last, in the last episode about how to kind of gain that trust and how, how I think I'm actually rebooking patients and how they're actually staying with me is um, I'm re- realistic with their, with their results and with their expectations. But I also, I'm not, I'm not stoic and I'm not, I'm, my bedside manner is kind of, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit more chill and relaxed. I, I, joke around. I make small talk. I make myself pretty relatable. I'll, you know, talk about stuff that, um, we have in common if they have kids or, you know, just small talk to make them comfortable. Because I think as soon as you walk into the room, you can kind of tell kind of what they're about and what their, um, what their vibe is. And if they're, they're stoic and they're like, they just want to come in and get their Botox and not have any small talk, then that's fine too. Yeah. 
And that's the thing. It's like you're in a space with injectables that is much more of a consultive type of relationship. So here's kind of the evolution of the client. So when they're starting out and they're, you know, testing the watch, first of all, we don't sell any injectables on any of the discount sites, group on nothing like that. We are very, very strict about that. Um, when they're coming in, you know, and they're, they're wanting to look for a deal and that sort of thing usually starts with laser hair removal and all that, you know, easy stuff. So in that respect, you know, we have just easy, quick, services they can buy, they can, you know, fit into their budget, make it like a no brainer. That would be an introductory phase to talking about money. Once you're starting to do more with the client, and this is kind of the client's been, and this, wouldn't you say that once they've been with you for a bit, then you, they end up in your chair, Marissa, where they're doing now injectables and they're wanting to do more of the sophisticated tailored, you know, Mm -hmm. service. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the clients already kind of started having trust in the organization, the people, everybody feels good. There's been a warm up factor, right? So it's not so much about money anymore. It now can be more about what are we doing to customize your look and feel? And this is where I feel like a lot of aesthetic professionals get really discouraged on the front end because they jump right in, in their early stages of their careers. And they start talking about all of these custom services right out the door. And it's like, no girl, you're missing a piece. You've got to get the warm up. We got a date before, you know, we get married here. And (laughs) by the time you're injecting, you're married because there, I mean, you can dissolve filler, but you can't dissolve Botox. So it's like, you have to have that warm up period. You have to have that easy conversation and get them just super comfortable, especially when you're talking about money, because once you start evolving into your injectables practice and you start getting more of that kind of game going, you will not have to worry so much. They're actually trusting already. They'll do whatever you say at that point. They're mm-hmm. so willing. And I find that that happens a lot, especially when, um, cause Marissa's only like, once, once or twice a month with us. So I hear a lot of like, um, I try, I tried this service. I try, I hear you do injectables. Um, and it's like, yeah, we do. What are you thinking? You want to, you know, try. And, um, yeah, I think I want to, you know, do a little filler and maybe some Botox and that sort of thing. And so then we go through the process of getting them to do a consult with Marissa and she takes it from there, but the groundwork's been laid and there's been a lot of just buildup to that comfort level. So again, to summarize the, the money conversation, you know, you have to lay that initial impression down and get them comfortable first. And then you can go into more of like, you know, those recommendation pieces and say, you know, you really should think about, you know, doing this, this, and this, it's a little bit more money. Um, these are the the options you have. And at that point, you know, they're off and running, they will do whatever you're, you're recommending because it's, it's so easy for them. Now their, their guard is down. They feel good. They want to do more with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, and then once they, they understand your, your knowledge and they see your work and they see how you're consulted, they will say, okay, well, whatever you think I need, what do you think I need? Exactly. Right. And that's when, you know, you have them at that point, you have them as a, as a trusted client, you have a relationship, you have trust built with them. It's a mutual respect thing. But when they're coming in cold 
and you're trying to hurry up and build that, you know, I need you to like me. And I see that happen too. you know, that like, hurry, hurry. I need you to like me. (laughs) Um, Let me get you some water and let me, you know, we're going to do great things and blah, blah. And it's like, that's fine, but it's not going to, it's like anything else, especially the way our culture is nowadays. It's like, we're building relationships with people on social media before we even meet them. So if you're not doing that kind of um, impression uh, building out there, then don't expect your job to be easier once they get in the door, especially if they're coming in on a voucher or a discount of some sort, you got more work to do, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a, it's, I would say it's a massage, you know, massaging it kind of, you know, thing. It's not a a quick, and the minute you start making your practice about the deal, the deal, and, you know, I've had those folks, those practitioners come to me before they've been with me for, I don't know, a good amount of time, six months, a year, sometimes two. And they're like, I don't have any clients. Can you run a promo? Can you run a special? (laughs) And I'm like, um, I can, and that's not a problem. That's my job is to get people in your chair, but you've been seeing clients with me now for over a year, um, almost two years. And I've put probably a good 200 people through your chair. Why don't you have a following? Why aren't people asking for you? Something's wrong. Something, something's up. What if they're not rebooking? That's a self-checkpoint. You know, it's like, if you've been doing this work and that's something to really, really make a good note of in, in your career um, patterns. If I've been doing this work for a while and I don't have um, clients that are asking for me and people are putting, you know, the, the management team or the company or whatever, they're putting people in my chair. It's not like I'm sitting around but they're not requesting me or re-upping or asking what more they can do with me. That's, that's always an indicator or tipping me for that matter. If they're walking out, they're not even offering to tip. Mm -hmm. These are all red flags. These are things that you need to be thinking. And I love, love it. When they come to me with, I just don't, I want, I, we recently had someone like this. I just want to be booked with all injectables. I don't understand why people, you know, just don't come to me for all injectables. I'm tired of doing laser. And it's like, um, how long have you been at this three years and you're, you don't have a following. You're not something's off girl. They don't see you as, as the prized, you know, consultant, you know, coach in the space. Are you talking to them about their there's, I mean, if your conversation in the room is 80, 20, I would say 20% should be about you. 80% should be about them. It is all about, if you don't believe me, read that Dale Carnegie, how to make friends and influence people. It is a 2080 rule in aesthetics. You have to be talking about them. And I hear it sometimes in the rooms. It's like, let me tell you what I did this weekend, the nurse, you know, or the esthetician or whatever. I'm, I'm going to tell you my whole, you know, my boyfriends and all my problems and everything else. And it becomes a therapy session for the client to have to listen to. And, right. and it's like, and then you wonder you know, it needs to be about them. You should know everything that's going on. You know, it's like, what are your hangups in reference to like things that are making you feel uncomfortable about your skin? And what are, you know, how do you feel like you can fix that? Oh, well, let's talk about that. You know, or what did your kids do this weekend? You know, learn about them, talk about them. And you're just going to, that trust is going to go through the roof. Let me ask you this, Patty. So, Mm. um, with as long as you've been in the industry, the nurses and the, the providers that you've worked with that have been, stellar sellers and have, have been booked, you know, for weeks in advance. What do you think that they, what, what do you think their secrets were, what they did? Yeah, that's a great question. I, and I've, I've seen these folks, you know, and most of the time, here's what happens. These folks don't stay with us because they go off and spawn off their own spas and their own, and, and as they should, um, you know, that's, that's proof in the pudding, right. That they are actually doing things right. 
it is really about their connection to the client and having those rah-rah moments. They're following up on clients. They're talking to them two days later after they did an injectable, you know, sending an email. And a lot of times, you know, I have nurses that'll say, well, I can have my assistant just send them and you can, but that assistant doesn't care about your license and certainly doesn't care about your success. They're there to get a paycheck. So it's like, if you don't take more of that initiative to keep your hand on the heartbeat, like this morning, I was texting one of my good friends. She's a, a model. She's very, you know, much in front of the camera and she has like amazing skin, but she just tried her new treatment with us that, you know, she was really scared to try. And I told her, I said, trust the process, girl, I promise it'll work. <laughs> and, um, I texted her this morning as I'm blow drying my hair. And I'm just like, just so you know, it's been three days. You can wear You can use your serums. Now you can use your moisturizer, do a little light sloughing with a warm washcloth, nothing too harsh of a cleanser. Um, have a happy weekend. Things like that make such a huge difference to your client. Um, they know you're paying attention. You become that trusted advisor. I am never, you know, consistently in the spa anymore. And I still get questions and texts and calls from clients that I consulted probably over four or five years ago. Um, that, you know, and again, when I say consulting, I'm not a nurse, I'm not, and I, I simply give suggestions and then it's up to their medical professional to give, you know, the final say, but I throw out things all the time. It's like, have you thought about trying this? Have you, you know, clients love this mm -hmm. and they don't nine times out of 10, they're like, Patty said, this is a good thing. I think I'm going to try it. They don't question it. They just do things. Um, and they're excited about it because I got excited about it and because I cared and wanted to be, you know, more of, of that cheerleader for them. And so, and the, and then what happens when, I mean, think about the mom factor, when you cheer on your kids or you cheer on, you know, the people you love, don't you kind of feel like they have then a want to, you know, make you happy back. Right. It's like a, it's like a give and take, right? It's like, we want you, we want you to be proud of us. You know, one thing, once they, once they trust you, one thing that I do is if they've been in to see you for a few times, I'll say, you know, I would love for you to try this treatment, or I think you'd be a great candidate for so-and-so treatment. Cause then they've already, they've seen you a couple of times. They, they've loved what you've done. And going back to what I talked about in the last episode about how it's rewarding and how there's no better reward than someone coming in and saying that they, um, loved the treatment that they received and they're almost in tears. So at that point, once you know that they, you know, that they're, they're trusting you kind of making the next step and saying, I would love to do this treatment on you. I think this would make your skin or your, uh, you, you do great with this treatment. Yeah. And there's a want to please you as the practitioner that, that when you see the client actually cross over to, I'm going to do the things that you're telling me to do. Aren't you so proud of me for following your regimen? Aren't you so proud of how well my skin looks the next time they get in your chair? Aren't you so proud of it? Then it becomes, then, you know, you've sealed the deal at that point. You're like, okay, we're dancing. We've got a relationship. You mm -hmm. trust what I'm saying to you. I trust you're going to do it. And we're always going to have good results because it's a give and take, but it's the practitioners that, again, that kind of, um, they just come in and they just do the job and they do a good job. They do a great job, but they're not thinking about this out, you know, out of work. And I, I hear that conversation too. I just want to leave work behind. I don't want to think about it. Yeah, you can, but if you love your job and you love what you do, you're always thinking about it. It doesn't become a job anymore. It's just part of who you are and you have fun with it. Right. 
So mm-hmm. that's an indicator too. If you're not thinking about aesthetics and you're not thinking about like the fun treatments that are out there and what people are doing. And my client that did this, I hope she's wearing her sunscreen. She's going to be just like, on, you know, um, then it's like, maybe it's not for you, but if you are interested in, you know, okay, I told her, you know, she needs an SPF 40. She'd better be using it. She's in Cabo all, you know, week, those types of things. It's, it's part of, you know, those are little signs for you to say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely gelling in this space. I'm having fun with it. Um, it's girl stuff. You know, we get to play it's, it's play all day. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think over time too, you're going to attract patients that kind of like are the same as, uh, you kind of attract what you put out. Right. Exactly. A lot, some of my patients that I've met have actually become some of my friends, so, you know, you will that attract happens. people, you will attract people that you, that you vibe with and that, you know, you, um, you know, and I also want to mention this too, you know, not we're, we're in the business to make sales, but not every sale is really worth it. And what I mean by that is if somebody comes in and they're, you can tell that they're dysmorphic and that, and we can probably get into this in another episode about um, unrealistic expectations. Un- yeah. And, yeah. and body dysmorphia. We'll talk about and, that for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, for me, I think that we, there's a huge, um, epidemic or p- pandemic when I, when I want to say pandemic, there's it's a disease a where people are looking yes. at Instagram all day thinking they're going to look like, yeah, I get well, it. They're yeah, the selfie, it, the it, selfie the, obsession, the same, the same faces. And you know what I'm talking about? The overfilled yeah. cheeks and the small squinty eyes and the big lips even with providers and, and the injectors on, on that end. So I, I turn away patients that I don't think need it. And I think that's really the problem is that there's a lot of injectors and providers that are not saying no, and they care more about making the sale and increasing their pockets versus what's walking around and ethics. And that comes through too. I mean, that's the part of um, selling, selling, selling something, you know, again, you should never to summarize what we're talking about. You shouldn't, if you're doing these steps and you're making an effort to, you know, explore where they're at, understand you're going to have a little warm up period to their budget conversation. And then you can, you know, sell them what you want to sell them, you know, big dollar later, Um, understand that you have to figure out where their pain value is and what their what they're, where they're, where they're at with their wants and needs, then you will be evolving into more of that, um, high trust area. And then you can then go into offering and doing these different types of services without having to upsell and do all these pieces so much, because then they start asking you questions. Well, how do we get started? And what do you think? I, what do you think I should do this? Do you think I should do that? Those are indicators that they want to move forward with working with you. Now, the next piece, um, and we're going to wrap on this is how to not kill your sale. So you've got them happy. They trust you. They want to work with you. They like the, you know, the realm of the price points that you guys have been talking about. Now you have to calm it down, girl. You got to, you got to just let it just ride its natural progress. You know, don't start throwing in extra things. Don't start over analyzing. Don't get all technical with them. Let them just kind of do these baby steps and move in progression. And if there is that conversation about, um, I need to think about it, which is another step. It's very much about when they say, I need to think about it it's an indicator. It's a giant, you know, piece of like red flag. 
of distrust. That means they either want to go back and do more research. That means they don't trust the price. Maybe they can get something a little cheaper, or maybe they, they don't, they distrust the fact that they can afford it. That doesn't mean they don't trust you. It's just, there's a, there's a a missing element when they need to think about it. Um, and so that tells you, okay, I have, it's not that you got to sell them all. I got to, I got to work harder to sell them. Nope. You got to take a step back again. Remember your pendulum and you got to say, okay, I got to build more trust here. I either have to build more trust to where I understand better where their budget is and meet them on that path, or I need to build more trust where they need to see me more as a credential provider, or I need to build more trust and understanding, you know, how soon they want to get started. And that's the last piece that is your seal of the deal is when you feel we're dancing, we're getting, you know, we're going, we're going to have, we're going to have some sales we're going to do some stuff together. And then you're like, okay, well, how soon do you want to get started? That is your closing question. So when you've, you've built that trust, you've got that good momentum going, you know, where they're at, you know, how much money they're comfortable with, at least in this phase of the relationship. And then you're kind of like, okay, so um, I have these days available. Um, don't offer your whole schedule because that means that you're not booked. And that means that you're available all the time and that you have ample days to do, you know, basically serve them all day. No, make yourself a little bit more limited and say, um, and this is one of the reasons why, just a side note, we teach our nurses to actually learn how to book their own clients and check out their own clients because this is a huge, huge piece. So when a nurse walks out, an aesthetic nurse walks out with the client and hands them over to a a receptionist or an assistant to check the client out, that person is going to be like, she has five days available this week. Pick, pick a time and a date and all this stuff. No, you want to come across as, you know, I have limited. And most of the time, if you're doing your job right and everything's good, you're not going to have a lot of availability. That's the truth. And our books are booked out for two months sometimes in advance. So that's a reality. Um, but it's like, we teach our nurses and, um, everyone to learn how to manage your practice A to Z, because if you've got someone that you think is a, is a really good client that you want to have for life, you should be able to keep them, you know, close to you and say, you know what, let me, I want to do these treatments. Let's see what I have. Let's go ahead and do this facial at this time. Um, I'm going to let, let's, I only have mornings on this day. Um, I have, so you then, you know, really, really custom tailor your next few steps with this client. And it becomes a, again, you're booking them. It's a, it's more of that. I'm investing my time in you so that we can accomplish your goals, the things that you want to do. Um, I expect you to then invest your time and energy back to me and keep your appointments for starters. Um, that's an unspoken kind of expectation, right? Because you get them on your books. You want to make sure that, you know, they come in and do the things that you guys talked about doing, not cancel at the last minute. We'll talk about cancellations in other episodes and how we handle those, but, um, yeah. And then, you know, okay, we have, we have a a deal here. We're working towards a light goal. This is someone that, you know, respects my work and they are going to do more things with me. And I am therefore able to count on this, you know, relationship as an income stream for myself. That's how you get to the point where you become a, you know, in-demand provider, aesthetic coach, in-demand, you know, consultant, if you will, that doesn't ever feel like you're selling, ever feel like you're having to, you know, throw deals out. 
Um, and ultimately you have just such a rewarding, you know, you have, you, at that point you have choice of work-life balance because you can choose, you have enough of these clients. You can choose the days you work. You don't ever have to struggle to fill your calendar. Um, and you certainly don't have two services that you don't want to do because you've, you've built that trust in that following based on your, your profession and your, your choice of, of service on the menu. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not easy. It takes time. No, it I've learned, I've, I'm just like li- sitting back, listening to you talk. Cause this is, this is very helpful. I mean, cause I don't consider myself a good salesperson either. Like I, when I was in retail, I'd be like, okay, don't want it. Don't buy, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, it, I don't consider myself good at that, but I think that it's, it's like, um, I've heard before in the industry, it's edgy selling, edgy Edu- selling, educating. Absolutely. And, yeah. But it's, it's helpful for someone that doesn't have that sales background or was good at it, which I was not. I mean, it takes time and it's not an easy one, two, three. I mean, I've literally gone again. This is my strength, my wheelhouse. I've been doing this for a good 30 years now, my career, as far as marketing and selling and all that. And so I'm very comfortable talking about it, but it, it's not a one, two, three. You have to do this and you have to practice at it. You have to actually do a lot of, and also you're going to get a lot of no's and you have to be comfortable being told no, be like, no, no, no. That just tells you, okay, I've got to work harder on the trust factor. And it, again, it's not that they don't trust me is that there's a missing piece. Maybe they don't trust the price. Maybe they think they get a better deal. All these elements come into play, but for you to do your homework and to kind of tease this stuff out again, on a very light, easygoing conversation level, not pound them with questions, just be like, Oh, so what are you thinking? You know, you timeline, you think you want to get started. And I sometimes throw that out early on in the conversation, be like, how soon are you wanting to actually get started? That gives me a really good indicator how serious they are. And I'm like, Oh, I want to start like whenever your first availability is that tells me, okay, we're going to, we're going to get something, you know, booked. But if, um, if they're like, you know, I can wait, (laughs) then it's like, okay, I'm not going to work extra hard to like convince you of, you know, things you need to get done. Now I'm going to go with your, I can wait. And we're going to look at, you know, the next few months and see what it looks like. And I might lay out a little bit of a game plan for you. Might give you some, you know, pointers, things like that, but all good, all no, no rush, no rush. I'm going to wrap on that guys. Um, Marissa, any last few points and no, I mean, we have a couple minutes, but one thing, so we see, I, we see a lot of moms and I think a lot of moms and, or those that are on a budget really have a difficult time looking at that number. But I, I bring up to my patients that, you know, this is an investment just like you would and, you know, put money towards your, your house or your car or any other investment. And it, it's easier to prevent than correct when you're doing small little things, when you're young and your collagen response is, is stronger and you're staying out of the sun versus, you know, coming in when you're in your sixties and seventies and wanting, you know, all your wrinkles to go away. So that's, I, that is a conversation that I have a lot with my patients. Yeah. Yeah. All good stuff, guys. Keep tuning in. We look forward to sharing more knowledge with you in our next episode. And thanks so much for joining us. Have a great weekend. Bye, guys. Bye.